Good morning and welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host and coach, George Evian. It has been a while as it was with the last one, so I'm going to try to get into the habit of not saying that every time we release a podcast, but uh, it has been a bit. My wife and I are typically running children around. We have three children and we're typically running children around when we have them. We are split family, as uh, some of you may know, but we are also uh, immersed in a lot of athletic activities, uh, activities in general. And this past weekend, we didn't have any of that. We had a holiday weekend. We had uh, no children this weekend. They were with their other parents, as we say, and we didn't have any activities really for this past weekend. So we used that opportunity to go on a honeymoon that was probably three, three plus years delayed. And uh, we had a great time. So we're getting back into the swing of work and emails and text messages and meetings and things of that nature today. Um, and so, but I was re-energized and um, reinvigorated, I guess, to get back into the podcast to make sure I put some content out because it has been a while. I'm also posting the podcast back to the old platform as well, which was called Leading from the Arch slash out from the cube. We have 170, 180 episodes up there, but I'm also putting these episodes up there. So you will also see the dead three coaching leadership development podcast on that platform of leading from the arch as well. I'm excited about putting some content out there for you today. Um, a lot is going on actually. Um, and want to make sure we get into this. Don't have anything prescribed or planned out or really thought through that much as we create and put out this episode. Uh, but there is a lot going on. Um, one thing that I've, uh, a change that I've made, uh, just to let you know, something that is working for me. And I heard this a while ago, I was listening to a YouTube episode on how to read, actually not, not how to read, but how to consume content, how to, how to read and remember and how to get your notes together and how to get your thoughts together and how to remember more of what you read. And I, you know, I'm kind of interested and fascinated by these people that read a book a week, right? And they're knocking out 52 books a week. And where do they find time? And if they're putting in that reading, how are they able to take notes on this stuff? And how are they able to consume it and then put it back out there and formulate their own thoughts and stories around this content? Because I do enjoy reading. I've got a library of books that I continue to add to, but I, the books aren't flying off the shelves, shelves in terms of um, how much I'm reading them and then what am I able to remember from all these books. Um, and so I found, it came across, I don't know where how it ended up on my YouTube list, but it was this book on how this, and I can't remember his name, but this gentleman reads a book a week and how he's able to get as much content out of that, get that into his memory bank, get that into his internal dialogue and internal Rolodex so he could then get that out. And I iterated on it a little bit for myself, but essentially this is what he does. He, he gets these books and he, he reads a chapter. He reads 10 pages. He quickly will mark it up, but then he'll go back and he will highlight, quickly go over those 10 pages, that chapter, whatever um, segment that he is trying to focus on. And then he will highlight, he will write in the margins. And, but then what he does is he gets note cards and he then takes the underline, the highlighting, the notes in the, in the margins, and he puts that onto note cards. And then he catalogs those. Does that seem like a lot? Yes. Does that seem like a lot to do if you're knocking out a 400, 300 page book every week? Yes. Does it seem time consuming? Yes. Um, but I've been trying it. And so actually on the flight to New York City, when we were out there, I had 
an Ed Milet episode on, was listening to some podcasts that I had downloaded and was just sitting there with note cards and was taking notes and pausing and rewinding and writing notes. And we got through it pretty quick. But what that allows me to do, and I have it here in front of me, is to have 100 note cards, double-sided, essentially, as I kind of flip through these, of just different things, right? So I, I have the leadership gap. There's a, this book in front of me that I have the leadership gap. I have this book that I'm reading right now from Tim Grover called Winning. Tim Grover is Michael Jordan's personal development and strength coach that he had back in the 90s and 2000s, right? And just these different phrases, right? You know, and then the different things from Ed Milet and other people that I consume. So I have this, these note cards that I carry with me now. You know, not always, but they're always in my notebook. I set them out at my work. They're on my desk here at, in my basement as I work, right? And then I just kind of flip through them. And that that is working for me, right? And um, so, you know, you could take that, you know, maybe that's your takeaway. Like, how can I read? How can I consume content? How can I remember this stuff, right? So what, what I'm looking down right now, and this is just an example, right? But Ed Milet, you know, where can I go? What can I do to build a, to build a baseline confidence level. So I listened to this podcast about ingredients and ideas and the ingredients and having an elite um, level of self-confidence, right? How do I get back to where I was? How do I, how do I get back? So that, so I can immediately look at this note card, build up a narrative, a story, but I can immediately start thinking about what he was talking about. And so it stays front and center in my mind. I know exactly what he was talking about. How do you have this baseline of self-confidence? How can I build that baseline of self-confidence? And his, his story or his mindset or his narrative and the strategy he was talking about was, man, like I get off the rails and I'm doing this now. My, my morning routines, my evening routines, my daily habits that I have throughout the day of whatever it is, right? And I have it in the margins here on this note card of it's the small daily disciplines getting small wins every day. And I, it, it triggers the idea in my mind of him saying that you've got to wake up and make your bed, right? That's a, a military things, but it's something Ed Milet does and Ben Newman does and all these other successful people do because they want to wake up and get a win. And they want to feel good about these small daily disciplines of reading every day, taking notes every day, of making my bed every day, of getting in the sunlight every day, of um, of, of water every day of a gallon of like all that. And he's got these examples, but I just say that because now these note cards that I've got in front of me, I can cycle through anything, you know, of winning makes you different and different scares people. And you can't be normal if you want to be elite and you want to win, right? That's from the winning book. And I can immediately get to it and all that. So anyway, just a little thing that I've ch changed here in the short term to allow myself to always have this in front of me always have it in my mind, always be able to cycle through it. And then to take it from a book, to put it on a note card. And maybe I end up with thousands of these things where I then take segments of it and I cycle through them every single day of just different things. So it's right now it's working for me. Does that mean I'm going to use it forever? No. But what I want to get into today is, you know, a number of things. Um, and we'll, we'll see where this kind of goes a little bit, but this is what I like. So I grabbed a book for my trip. And I had this on a page that I wanted to talk about. There's a book that really, you should know who John Gordon is. John Gordon is a great writer and author and um, has written a number of 
you know, personal development books and self, um, self development books. I guess that's the same as personal development, but self-help books, if you want to label it that, but team development, motivational things. And here's one thing I want, I want you to, and I wrote this down. It's in one of these note cards that I have in front of me and it, it really resonated with me as I, um, um, thought about this. And as I was traveling on the plane this past weekend of the type of person you are, as you are, as a leader or as, um, yeah, as a leader or as a person, I guess. Right. Then just think about these things. There's the unknown, like these are the, the four different types. And, and I, I know where I am here. Right. And I'm, I'm, I could look for the card, but I know that the number one thing is there that you are just kind of this unknown. You don't know where you are. You don't know what you're doing. You're just maybe part of that 90%, right? The, the 10% that doesn't belong, the 80% that are there to fight, as we say. So that episode of One Warrior, right? Uh, there's only one warrior, right? But it's the idea of maybe you're that 80% of you just don't know where you are. I'm just here to fight. I'm just in the middle, right? And I've got cards here from the Leadership Gap book where it talks about that you're just, or maybe it's the winning book that you're just in that 80%. You're just normal. It's just, okay. I'm getting by. There's no need for me to, to be elite. I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, this is good enough. Um, and, but then there's the, so that's the, that's the unknown. I don't know where I am in this. Right. Um, but then the other one is that you are motivational. Like, and, and I, this is where I figure I lump myself in and I'm not separating out the last 10%. Maybe I am right. But you're a motivational person, right? You're, you're, you're someone that when you speak or you talk to people, you are playing on their motives, as they say, right? You're just playing on people's motives. You're getting them. And then in these books, the, mo uh, the winning book, he talks about motivation. That's just like, that's a fleeting thing. I can say things and I can get on a stage and I can be motivational and I can give a motivational talk for an hour and motivate you and play on your motives and move you to some level of action, but it is fleeting, right? In the winning book by Grover, he talks about, you know, the motive, the motivational part of all this is that like, we're not doing that. Like that, that, that's, that's the, that's the big blind to even get into the game of poker. That, that, like that, you've got to come with that. You've got to be motivated. Right. If you are needing a motivational speaker to play on your motives, then we don't even hire you. Like you're not even going to be a client of mine because you've got to have that. That's that's the uh, the cost of 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 getting into the game is that you better be motive. You better be motivated. But there are people that are just motivational speakers. There are people that are motivational leaders where it's just that I'm playing on your motives. But the idea that that is fleeting that you move on from that an hour or so later. Um, and I think that's true. I get motivated. I listen to these motivational things. I do have my list of things that I go to and it is, it is very uh, fleeting is the word I'm using. It's like an hour here, two hours there. Is it going to get me to lunchtime? Right. I don't know if it is right. I don't. Uh, and, and, and I know that it only gets me that far. So that is, the second, the third one is inspirational. So unknown, don't know where I'm at. I'm just a guy. I'm just a gal, right? Um, but then you move on to motivational, playing on your motives, very fleeting. Then there's inspirational. Motiva inspirational is different in that it leads you to action. 
you are inspired to move that you move on from, okay, I'm not, I am not, um, uh, my motivation is fleeting. It didn't get any action. It just made me feel good in a short time frame. but now it's inspirational where, Hey, now I'm inspired, right? I'm going to move to action. Here's, Hey, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to accomplish this. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to be able to get this position. I want to be able to win this game. I want to be able to have these goals. So now I'm going to be inspired to achieve those things. And I'm going to be inspired to action. And what does that look like? And how can I come up with five, 10 different things that will move me to action? And those are the people that now, now you're a different type of person. If you were leading that way, right? that you're leading to them to that way to where now you are leading them to action, to getting better, to being the person that they would want to be, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I thought those were three good things as I was flying that I wrote down that moved me a little bit because I actually brought it up that night. I'll get to that story in a little bit, but unknown, not sure who I am, what I'm doing, what kind of leader I am or anything, but now I'm going to be motivational. Hey, you can do it. Rah, rah, locker room stuff play on your motives, get you excited for a short amount of time, or I can be inspirational. I can move you to action and some goals and some, con and, and some outcomes and some results. Those are important. And the fourth type is aspirational. A uh, meaning of that. I don't have Webster textbook dictionary on aspirational. I'm just doing it from the content that I consumed where I got this list from, but it is, I, I want to, and I can become that, that person, that ideal, that responsibility, that position, I'm, it's aspirational. So the idea that they were talking about was Tiger, like Tiger Woods was the example, I believe in this talk, that you're watching this, man, I'm motivated, man. I can get out there. Let's go hit a buck, bucket of balls or whatever. Now I'm, boy, you know what? He really inspires me. I get to watch him every week and he's up there. You know, I'm hitting five buckets of balls and I'm playing this time. I'm reading the golf articles. I'm out there. Like I'm doing this, like, and I'm entering tournaments and I'm like, that's inspiring to me. And then it's the idea of no, like I aspire to be that person. I can do that. Here are my goals. Here are my systems. Here's what I'm doing. Yes. Is it actionable? Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm beyond being inspired. Now I'm aspiring. I can become that. I can do that. I will do that. And being to see that in people, right? Is Tiger Woods aspiration? He's probably motivating to some people. He's inspiring to some people. And then to those elite, he's aspirational. I aspire to be that person. And what does that look like? If I aspire to be the CEO, the CTO, the, the entrepreneur, if I aspire to be that person, if I aspire to be Ed Milet, Ben Newman, Gary Vanderchuk, Gary V, if I aspire to write a book, like authors that I look up to, content creators I look up to, leaders I look up to, coaches I look up to, that's beyond just being motivated. Yeah, that person motivates me. Okay, it's gone in an hour. I inspire, uh, that person inspires me, that leadership, that person inspires me. Okay, I got some action, actions now, I'm, I'm moving, that's better. But now I aspire to be that person. I aspire to be that leader. I aspire to be that parent. I aspire to be that spouse, like whatever, right? Now it's different. It's totally different in terms of that mindset. Um, 
And I really, I really thought that was great in terms of those types of people. But then I, I think about it uh, as my, as on myself of where am I, what am I doing? How do I like, I'm a motivational guy. I can bring a bunch of kids together. We have workouts tonight. I'm going to get them all together. I'm going to say something to them, right? I don't want them to aspire necessarily to be me. You know, uh, I want them to aspire to be their best version of themselves and somebody they look up to. We have a golfer that is a crazy good basketball player. He's just a crazier good golfer, right? Young athlete, been working with him for years, right? He probably looks at Tiger Woods or whoever he looks up now. I don't know if that's a Kepka or these other people, right? And aspires to be them, right? Are you motivated? Are you inspired by them? Are you, do you aspire to be them? Or is it aspirational? Because you want to sit there and say, like, you can do that. You can do that. You can be that. And consume that, like consume that person, if you know what I mean by that, right? Like go find articles and videos and podcasts and interviews and all that sort of stuff to become that. So I position that to this, to kind of go off on that idea of finding somebody to, to aspire to be in, and to, and, and to look for that person, whether it's somebody at work a position, a responsibility, a, you know, whatever it might be. But it's also, if like to, to my, my buddy that, uh, to the player that plays for me, you know, you need to find out, let me, let me get into this. I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit right here, but there's number four on this list. I'm starting at number four. That's a goofy way to start a list, but I'm going to start at number four. I will tell you what this list means in a second, but you need to have a sense of the historic need to have a sense of historic. So you know what you're trying to do. You know where the benchmark is. You know what greatness is. You know who greatness is. And you then frame yourself out to be the one. So as you aspire to be somebody, you got to figure out like, I'm going to be the one. Like who, who do I aspire to be? Why do I aspire to be them? Why are they so great? Why am I consuming their content, their interviews, their articles, their books, their podcasts? Why am I taking notes on these people to aspire to be that? Why are they so great? And then how can I be the one, right? So this athlete that I coach, that's great at basketball, but better, probably better at golf. I do think he's a heck of a basketball player that he sits there and says, man, I aspire to be Tiger Woods. I need to have a sense of the historic so I can see what he's done, how he's done it, because I am, if I put systems in place and I do certain things and I am disciplined that I can become that, then what do I need to do and why, how, and what, how, and what do I need to do to quote unquote, be the one. So to jump on that of being aspirational, but here, th this was an article, Ed Milet. I, I really like this. Ed Milet in this podcast about just personal development. I, I listened to two or three on, of his podcasts on the flight out. So I don't remember exactly what podcast this came from, but he said this and I liked it. He was like, everywhere I have gone for the last 25 years, I have carried one thing with me. I, he may have other things in his wallet. I know he's close with his dad and has other things going on. But what he was saying was, I carry around this for the last 25 years and I have one that I carry with me and I have one that I have at home in my office. And it's a Newsweek, a Newsweek magazine from 25 years ago where it talks about Tiger Woods. He's on the cover. There's an article in there, and it is about the dominance of Tiger Woods. 
and he loved this article. I have not looked the article up yet. I just got back from my uh, trip yesterday and haven't had a chance to really research this article, but he reads this article uh, to a certain extent, but at least gives the five bullet points. And that's why you got number four already, but it's the mindset of a self-disciplined person. So let me stop there. Let me put the period there. The mindsets of a self-disciplined person. Now, he also says, these are the mindsets that, and the author, I don't know who wrote it, but it's the mindsets that they have observed of Tiger Woods' dominance of that sport 25 years ago, 20 to 25 years ago, when Tiger Woods was in his prime, what mindsets of self-discipline did he have and demonstrate that that they would come up with a five bullet point list. So here's what Tiger Woods did. It's not a golf thing. It is a business thing. It is an elite thing. It is um, being a person of not just motivation, not just uh, inspiration, but being a person that people then would aspire to be to. And I, I took these notes and actually screen, took a picture of it and sent it to my friend and his son because this is, these are five values, foundations that the elite have and the mindsets of someone that is self-disciplined. So number one, I'm going to go through these fast. We'll see how much I can, I'll talk into these, uh, talk, speak into each one of these, but genius is 99% perspiration. How hard are you going to work? The work has got to be the foundation. So if you went back to episode one of this podcast, you would come across the values of uh, an organization and a team that we worked with this past year and really coming up with values that we can hold each other accountable to, that everybody can buy into, that everybody sees the value in the value and why it's important. And the W, it, it was W-E-S-T, West. The W for us, stands for work. And the second W, there's there's two for W-E-S-T, there's two for everything. But the W is work and winning. Work and winning. And now we, I, you know, I'm immersed in this book, Winning. And then the idea of work obviously would continue to come up. But genius that you have for something is built on 99% of it just being work and grinding and not giving up and not quitting and wanting to be the best. And, you know, one of these cards in the winning thing talks about, man, we've got to be able to take our best and we've got to be able to position that to the best ever, ever, as I cycle through these cards to make sure I got it. But I've cycled through these cards so much and it's the purpose of having these things on note cards is that it just gets it immersed in your mind. But the idea of taking you from the best to the best ever. So not to make this about that athlete that I work with, but how do you get to your best to be the best ever? How does Tiger Woods start his career and say, you know what? I'm going to be the best ever. I'm going to be the best ever. It's one thing to say that I'm going to be the best ever and just say it. And then there's another one to have systems in place and work in place and habits in place to achieve that goal, and then to be able to consistently do it over time. Genius is 99% perspiration, meaning the sweat of work. The sweat of work. Are you willing to do what it takes? So 
I've said this before, and I, I said I would just read these five off, and maybe we end up with a two-hour podcast. I'll, I'll try not to do that. But I this video I watched the other day. So the Miami Heat have made the NBA Finals. They beat the Boston Celtics a day or two ago in Game 7. So the Heat are in it. Now they're doing this big thing about that type of team, that type of culture. I'm hearing that so much. The Miami Heat culture, Miami Heat culture, which I love. I'm not, I'm not uh, dismissing that. I'm not saying that's not important. It just seems to be the narrative. Like that organization is built around a certain way of doing things. And it works. And it has worked. And will continue to work as long as those people adhere to that culture, right? And, and hold each other accountable to that. But, the art, but there was a, an article I read about Eric Spolstra, who is the head coach there, and his, his grind up from being a video coordinator to a scout to an assistant coach, like whatever it is. I don't know his exact thing, but he has built it up. And there's, there's so many stories in there, and there's so many podcasts in there about him, the heat culture. Like, I would love to uh, do a podcast on that and do some research on that and speak to that. Uh, that would be valuable to you all. But the story is this, as it gets to the work of it. And I'm going to tell these two stories quick, and they're kind of the same story. At one point, Eric Spolstra was in charge of the new players and working them out and working on their skills and getting them up to speed and being a player development type person. So he spent a fair amount of time getting the new kids to the gym early kids, the new people on the team, the new athletes on the, get them to the gym and work them out and get them focused on what it takes to be a pro. So they got there early, maybe three hours before game time. They would always get there before the veterans would get there and they would work out on the floor and they're getting ready to play the Lakers and they get to the gym. Who's on the other side of the court, Kobe Bryant. And they said they sat there and just watched him. Now they got there three hours before game time and Kobe was already there for an hour to an hour and a half before they got there. So four to four and a half hours and then they just watched him for 30 minutes. Then they did their workout. Then, then they were done. They sat down and watch Kobe Bryant continue to work out. Now, there was a long pause there. You got to take that in and really think it through. Every We've heard about this Mamba mentality and what it took to be Kobe Bryant and the obsession he had with that. But that is all work. Tiger Woods playing around and getting however many buckets of balls it takes and going back on until the night falls, until the lights are on and just hitting and hitting and being alone out there. The lonely pursuit of greatness. The lonely pursuit of greatness. Of Kobe Bryant being out there with a rebounder and working on his game and doing the basics and a round being finished and as night falls and Tiger Woods is on the course still hitting buckets. Like, that's elite. I guess my question would be, and maybe I'm speaking to myself, are we all capable of that? If you listen to this, are you capable of that? Is that God-given? Is that something, hey, LeBron James just happens to be 6'8", 250, 260 pounds, and God gave him that. And I'm not that. Well, you all can't be that. But can we be there four hours before the game? Can we be out there at... 8 p.m. when the sun is going down at Augusta and you're hitting a bucket of balls just to get a little better, just to get a little bit better? Or are you somewhere else? 
Those guys have the same opportunity. So I know that's long on number one, and we all know about hard work, and we all know what that is. It's the, it's also the idea of, to piggyback a little bit on what Ed Milet was saying in these episodes of, man, you got to know what kills you from doing that. The phone, Instagram, Facebook, Sports Center. That's what he was talking about. He's like, man, I struggle with my mornings. And I could, I could hear myself saying the same thing as Ed Milet was saying. He's like, man, I struggle. I know exactly what I should be doing in the mornings. But, man, Sports Center, no, no, no. No, no, no. You hear that in the morning, you sit down with a cup of coffee, you watch the same highlights that you watched the night before, and you scroll through Instagram, looking at the same posts that you saw the night before or the tweets. Then all of a sudden your 5.00 AM becomes 6.30 AM and you're, I'm there. I got you. We're all capable. Number two on the mindsets of a self-disciplined person, let the other guy get nervous. I'm level. I'm, I'm right there. The other person's going to get nervous on, on the, the opportunity that's in front of them, on the win that's in front of them, on the situation that is in front of them, but I'm going to be level. Or let the other person get nervous because I'm in the room. Let the other person get nervous because I'm on the tee box and they got to go against me. Let the other company get nervous because we're Nike or we're Google or we're Apple or we're VMware or we're Lifetime Fitness. Let the other people, because I know who I am and I'm going to be even keel and I'm going to be, because I've done my work. I've done my homework. I deserve this and I'm the best and I've got a championship mindset and I'm going to do everything I can and I'm love. Let them get nervous. Let them grind it and hang with me for a little bit until they see until it gets to them because we're going to just keep grinding and hit keep hitting golf balls and at some point you will break but i'm going to be level and i really like number three i really like number three and i don't know how you would take this now if you're a sport person you'd love it if you're a business person I don't know how you take this or reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever it might be. Tell me what you think about this. Number three, Tiger Woods. The top of his sport 20 years ago and the mindset of a disciplined person. Don't just dominate. Intimidate. Intimidate your competition. Intimidate. Scare people. Like, I don't know. Like, I get it. Hey, like, I'm going to be even keel. You will break at some point. I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to dominate you because I've done the work. I've got the right strategies. I've got the right mindset. I've got the right habits, rituals, routines. I've got it all. And I am going to dominate you. But I'm going to intimidate you as well. You're going to be afraid of playing against me. You're going to be afraid when you're in the locker room of coming out. We won this game. We won this client before you even got to the boardroom, before you even heard the sales pitch. We got it because the other people were so intimidated. The other people were so nervous. The other people did not work as they were not on the driving range at 8 p.m. It all plays together. That they were intimidated to even compete. 
because they know that we've done our work and they know we're elite and they know that we were hitting golf balls at 9 p.m. So when I stand on the box with you, you are already nervous because you know I've outworked you. You know I've been hitting buck. You know I've put up 2,000 shots. You know I've been here since 2 p.m. for a 7 p.m. game. And you know you're about to get dominated, and because of that, you're intimidated. Like, can we just move? Like, we play them in four or five hours. Can we just move on to the game two or three nights from now? Number four we've talked about, but have a sense of the historic is what they said. Tiger Woods knew what he needed to do to be the one. He had a sense of majors, of masters, of green, like green jackets, of U.S. Opens, of may, like tournaments, of career earning. Like he knew all that. And he knew he was going to be the one. And he just, to quote David Goggins, he just started taking souls. David Goggins' phrase of, I wake up every day to take your soul. I'm going to want it more, believe it more, work harder. All this stuff that we've talked about, Goggins was sitting there saying, I'm just picking off souls. When I'm racing and people are quitting and the other guy gets nervous and I'm level and I don't just dominate, but I'm going to intimidate you. I'm taking souls, but have a sense of the historic. Be the one and start picking them off. And then the fifth one of a disciplined person that keeps you going. Never, ever be satisfied. Should you enjoy your wins? Should you celebrate your wins? Should you celebrate being a part of a team? Absolutely. And I don't, I've got these note cards. I, I'm telling you, to circle back to the first thing we said, man, these note cards are great because it does give you a, a, a quick perspective on things that you've uh, learned, right? But they're uh, not to steal Ben Newman stuff. And I always give credit. A lot of this stuff, you know, I take from these note cards and put my own spin on it, but we're always going to give credit to him. But Ben Newman's got a book coming out called The Standard. I'm super excited about it. I don't believe it's out yet, right? But it's going to be coming out. And the great thing uh, that it's about having the standard, but this is what he uh, says, and I'm not going to be able to find it. So I will recall it from memory if I'm able to, but you're never satisfied. And the idea that, that Ben Newman has is it goes from problem identifying the problem, moving to the plan, and then preparing, and then performing. I'm getting some of these wrong, but the ones I want you to think about are the, the problem and the plan. Those are the first two things. Like, here's the problem. This is what we're trying to do. And here is the plan to achieve this, right? And so when you go through that, when you go through that, to never be satisfied, this is what Ben Newman says. Once it's done, you celebrate, you do all that sort of stuff. It's got to be short-lived if you're the leader, but you immediately look for the next problem. And that keeps you from being satisfied. You got to, Tiger Woods' greatness came from the fact that when he was on the top, he kept, he worked harder. He was never satisfied. He never got complacent. Now, he had other things, very disciplined on the court. They made a point of that, that you got to be able to separate how, Disciplined, he may have been off the off the uh, off the course, all that sort of stuff, right? So, problem and plan, 
and then the next things that you have to go through. Okay. I wish I could find it here in my note cards. I can't. Right. But, but that's the idea of never being satisfied. So Tiger Woods dominance was built around the, the self-discipline, be, be the mindset of an elite self-disciplined person. Genius is 99% perspiration. Just work hard. Let the other guy be nervous. Just be level, fall back to your level of training, your level of, um, of wins, your level of commitment, your level of um, sacrifice, all that. That is the training that you level back to. Let the other guy get nervous and I'm just going to be even keel. And I'm not just going to dominate you, but I'm going to intimidate you. Kobe Bryant said that I would work so hard and I would outwork you and I would outcompete you and I would out-tough you on the basketball floor that I would make you question your professional career choices. I wanted to dominate you and intimidate you so bad that I wanted you to think about your life choices in regards to your profession. Like, oh shit, like maybe I should quit doing this. I don't love it as much as this guy. Oh, you know what? Maybe I don't love it as much as that guy, that guy, and that guy. Maybe I should find something else. Now, I'm sure, obviously, I don't think that happened all the time. Um, I think there were certain people that Kobe Bryant played with that had those thoughts. I would be very curious in doing some research around how Kobe Bryant's relationship with Dwight Howard went. Dwight Howard was an all-star, was one regarded as one of the best players in the league, was you know self-titled and and uh, self uh, self uh, gave, uh, given the nickname of Superman, right? And went and worked with Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, and that just didn't work out. And I'm going to speculate that it didn't work out because Kobe Bryant works, competes, plays at a certain level that everybody's got to roll with him or he's going to get you out of the league or out of the Lakers. And I think that's what happened, right? So the mindsets of a self-disciplined person, right? Don't just dominate, but intimidate. Have a sense of the historic. Be the one and never, ever be satisfied. On that point, keep working hard after you get what you want. Keep working hard. Never get satisfied. Keep coming up with the next goal. Keep coming up with the next bullet. Work even harder. That is what made him as good as he was. Now, I would say that as you look through this list, as you look through this list, that All of this is developed. I look at this and say, man, work, like what's that look like? What's hard work look like? 4 a.m. and just grinding and being, and being intentional and having a bullet point list for the day and being able to knock that list out and feeling good about it and feeling like I'm getting 1% better or 0.001 every, you know, every single day. And, you know, and I'm just going to be at a level where I'm even keel knocking things out and I'm going to let other people get intimidated that I might be competing against whatever. And I'm going to dominate what I do, I'm going to dominate the day. I'm going to dominate an opponent. I'm going to dominate a competitor and I'm going to intimidate them. And I'm going to know what it takes to be great. And I'm going to be, I have a sense of the one and I'm going to be the one and I'm going to have a sense of, and I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm, I'm going to figure out what my next win is and go after it. So I'm just, I, I give you that list again to just think about what's God given in there. Like, what can't you, like, are we capable of that? I think like we're capable of that, but it's a mindset of a self-disciplined person. But 
I don't, I, I, I keep referencing these cards because there's been so many great things in these cards. Um, but it's, we're capable of this, but I, and I'm going to try to really find this card, but everyone, but here it is. I turned right to it. Winning in, you, you call this a mindsets of a self dis mindset of winning. And here it is from the book. Winning is inside all of us. All of these five things is inside all of us. But for most of us, if not all of us, that's where it stays. It stays inside of us because of fear, of doubt, of worry, and maybe just of how bad do I really want it? If, if I'm in that 80%, if I'm unaware and I'm comfortable and I don't really care about getting to that next level of greatness, then, then it's fine. You can stay where it's at. But man, it wouldn't it be a rough deal. And I guess I'm talking to myself, a rough deal to be at the tail end of this journey and to sit there and look at yourself and say, man, I was capable of more to quote, uh, to give Ed Milet this Ed Milet says, he thinks at the end of the day, when his time is up that he goes, he goes um, to heaven and he is going to be introduced to whom he could have been. And he, his point is, I'm going to meet who I could have been. And I hope that I am looking in the mirror. Or I'm going to look at who I could have been and I don't even recognize that guy. So winning is inside and maybe you sit there and say, man, what are you capable of? So that's the point of this winning stays inside most of us. And that winning is, it is inside all of us. We are capable of these things. We are capable of that. Wouldn't it be a shame for this athlete that I'm working with that he knows he has it inside of himself and he knows he's supported and he knows he's loved and he knows he has access to the best coaches and he knows that he's willing to do it all to do it. That when it's all with that, when he's now not 14, but now he's 24, 34, that he was like, man, I was capable. Like if I, if I had only, or he says, you know what, at some point there is the gift, but you don't want to say, you want to say, man, I did everything. I did everything I possibly could to do that, right. To do that. Um, Listen, we went over a little bit. Um, here's the phrase I was looking for. You got to help clients, help your people. Help clients. Help the people you're under. Help the people you're leading. Help your organization. Help your leadership. Close the gap between being the best and being the best ever. So in this winning book, there's a big difference. And I have caught heat about talking about being the best and being the best ever. Wherever you feel you are, like if you're in that 80%, if you're just okay, if you're treading water, if you're, it's okay to, leadership is painting reality. Leadership is communicating exactly where you are right now and being okay with it, with where you are but also not being okay with where you want to get to. And there's a big, if you think you're the best, if you're crushing it, it's a big difference between being the best and the best ever. Tiger Woods was the best. He didn't sit back and say, this is cool. 
I'm comfortable. No. What are the mindsets to become? What do I need to develop? What habits, rituals, routines, mindsets do I need to have to be the best ever? Ever. It's a big difference in that word of ever, right? And so those are some of the things that we definitely have talked about and, and we shouldn't be afraid of. We shouldn't be afraid of talking about what it looks like to be the best ever. And I'm quickly kind of just looking for that. I want to make sure I, I, here it is, found it. This, this is Ben Newman. His book is about to come out here shortly. I'd encourage everybody to get it. I will be getting it. Uh, he's a great online mentor. Again, I've met him a few times. He's a St. Louis guy here. But successful people look for the next problem. They are never satisfied. They hit that last number five for the mindset of an elite, self-disciplined person. Problem, planning, performance, payoff. Payoff slash celebration, what you want from it. And then immediately going to the next problem. Where's the next problem? Where's the next win? What's the next thing we can conquer? What do we need to do? How do we make this better? Problems are good. Conquering them, planning for them, knocking them out, getting everybody aligned, performing on those things, celebrating those, those wins. And then what's the next one? What's the next problem? What's the next win? Right? There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to be trying to get more episodes out. I know that's 45 minutes on five bullet points. Hopefully you got something out of these note cards. If you want any clarity on the note card idea that I have, I'm sitting here cycling through them. I'm able to get my mind triggered, right? We're just building a Rolodex of thoughts and content and stories and all that in our heads to be able to help our teams get better, help ourselves get better um, and all that. And it's kind of a new thing that I'm doing and hopefully we stick with it and make it work. 10 cards a day. That's what I'm trying to do. It's kind of my goal. I, I want to get 10 pieces of content that are valuable to me to help me help my teams, help my people, help my family, help my kids that I can use to get better. And I cycle through them and over 10, I'll have 50, uh, 70 new cards this week of different things that, that I guess, motivate me, inspire me or things I aspire to become. I aspire to become a great leader, great speaker, great podcast. I aspire to that. What's that look like? How can I create those habits, routines, rituals to become that? I aspire to be that. I'm not motivated by where it's 30 minutes. I've got to go from motivation to aspiration, motivation, inspiration, and then what I aspire to become, right? If we can um, you know, start any conversation, get clarity on any of this, please reach out to me. Appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast. I apologize for not getting it out sooner, but obviously please like, share, comment, connect with me. Anything we can do as it relates to the podcast, I'm going to uh, do a better job. I will be better, to quote my friend Brad Bryan. Be better, get better, do better um, on this. And uh, need to make that a card uh, and quote my friend Brad. So, uh, but please reach out to me. I appreciate all the connections we've had. And I appreciate everybody that listens to these podcasts. You can also find this on Leading from the Arch as well as the Dead Three Coaching Podcast. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day.